Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. and welcome to a bonus episode of Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are... Seb Patrick. And James Hunt. Okay, uh, we're going to get straight down to business today. There is some very big news in the superhero movie world. Spider-Man is going to be appearing in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, which everyone seems to believe is going to be Captain America Civil War. Sony will then release a solo Spider-Man movie in July 2017. That'll be co-produced by Kevin Feige, so it's going to be made, distributed, financed by Sony. They're going to keep all the money from it, but Kevin Feige is going to try and make sure that it is in continuity with the Spider-Man that they establish in the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Marvel and Sony will then continue to try and integrate characters from the MCU into future Spider-Man films. A couple of the other MCU movies have had their dates uh, fiddled around with as well. And that's it, basically. And the, and the key addition, as we were just discussing off mic, is that in Sony's press release, they specifically referenced that it would be Peter Parker. Although we're, we're still not convinced, are we? We, we think... Well, James I'm convinced. convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to think that there is a possibility that it could be Miles, Miles Morales from, from Ultimate Spider-Man. Because Peter Parker... I mean, nothing against Peter Parker. He is my favourite comics character. But it would be nice to see them go down the Miles Morales route. However, that is me being a bit idealistic. And I accept that realistically, there's very little chance that it will be Miles. Yeah, just just from a, a point of view of, of Spider-Man being in the MCU, it would be nice to think that, and j- just for audience's sake, that they've seen five movies with Peter Parker, that they're going to be treated to a third new Spider-Man in 15 years. And and why can't it be Ben Riley? I know what I mean. <laughs> that means nothing to me. Who's Ben Riley? <laughs> uh, do we want? Do we want to go into that now? Let's if not we ever do a that. clone saga podcast, yeah, there is the the reactions to this seem to be overwhelmingly positive. That uh, there was the hashtag around, you know, Spider Man's come home, and that Spider Man being back in the Marvel universe was definitely a good thing. But I mean, there are two ways this could go, aren't there? And a, and a, and a whole range of options in between. But this could either be fantastic for both Sony and Marvel that Marvel introduce a new spider-man who everyone loves sony then produce a solo spider-man film that is great and fits into the marvel continuity and the two companies keep working with each other 
for years to come and and um everyone loves spider-man and he's part of the mcu or or that might not happen <laughs> james <laughs> which which way do you see it going I am optimistic, mainly because I think Kevin Feige hasn't really done anything wrong with uh, Marvel Studios yet, and I think it would basically be career suicide for him to make this deal and then manage to screw up Spider-Man. But do you not think at this stage it's more a case of undermining the MCU rather than messing up Spider-Man? Because Spider-Man's been messed up for the past, well, for the last two movies, as as far as we're concerned anyway. There are fans of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. They're crazy, but there are fans. (laughs) Um, So I'm not so worried, like, a a third unsuccessful Spider-Man, I think, would just, it would be kind of tragic for that character on the screen, but I'm, I'm more concerned that this partnership kind of undermines the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The thing is... I mean, in, in what way? Well, that it could if things go wrong. Like, Spider-Man's the prototypical Marvel hero, so it's like, in a way, as a comics reader, you just you sort of can't have the Marvel Universe without Spider-Man. Like, as far as I'm concerned, this, this was a sort of inevitability, hmm. uh, and the sooner it happens, the better for everyone. And also, I mean, you know, so far, Marvel... St- and I know that Marvel Studios aren't going to have complete control over this, but Marvel Studios have been so adept at correctly handling characters that aren't spider-man basically characters that aren't as good as spider-man because spider-man is the best so (laughs) uh, you know i find it hard to believe that they would drop the ball even even with a 10 minute cameo appearance in one movie if that was the sole extent of spider-man's crossover with the mcu i would be shocked if it wasn't better than the entirety of the asm series put together well shall i throw my concerns at you then which I mean, and and this is kind of a worst case scenario. Is that uh, I mean, fine if we have confidence in Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios, that's great, and they put a new Spider-Man that we like into Civil War, and that's all well and good, and we're happy with that. But then Sony go and make another terrible Spider-Man movie, and don't listen to Kevin Feige and mess up the continuity a bit, and then you've got you've got this Spider-Man universe which is in effect, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is then spinning off its own movies, you know, sequels to that, spin-offs to that solo Spider-Man movie that are bad. And maybe the worst is they teased Spider-Man's involvement in the MCU for 10 minutes at the end of Civil War. But maybe that uh, maybe that character keeps popping up and... And it reminds you that he's in these bad movies. <laughs> and, reminds you, and reminds you that these bad, badly realised characters are now in effect, part of this, what was a previously very clean, very contained Marvel Cinematic it's, Universe. Okay, the thing is, if this if this happens, they'll still have control over Spider-Man in the Marvel Studios films. So, you know, I yeah. think it will be possible to make that mental disconnect mm. between, you know, solo Spider-Man films where he's rubbish and Marvel Studios films where I have complete faith he'll be good. Yes. The, the other thing I would say is that we've already had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, okay, I know that it's got better and I know that some of you watch it and like it, but that first half season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still exists, but it does not harm... Like, I, I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I can just happily pretend it doesn't exist, even though it will constantly make reference to the movies and I know that that's what Coulson is off doing when he's not in the movies, but... The existence of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., to me, does not um, dampen the quality of the MCU. Well, even, even further, the existence, the existence of Incredible Hulk doesn't, you know... Yeah, or yeah, Iron Man ...afflict too. the Marvel Universe that badly, even though it was a pretty rubbish film, all things considered. I mean, I, I kind of look at this from the perspective, maybe, of a comics reader, and 
you know, <laughs> several characters in comics have multiple comics being published about them at any one time. Um, you can happily be reading Superman and it can be great while Action Comics is terrible. It doesn't mean that your enjoyment of Superman is lessened by the fact that he's also appearing in a book by the same publisher in the same yeah, continuity I that think, happens to be awful. I think probably as comics readers, we're, we're sort of already prepared with this kind of dissonance where yeah. you, <laughs> you ignore the versions you don't like and stick with the ones you do. Yeah. I guess then that the probably the biggest, the worst case scenario in terms of disappointing fans then would be that Spider-Man is introduced in Civil War, Sony make their own Spider-Man movie, but the relationship between the two studios sours and beyond that Spider-Man doesn't appear in the MCU again, which would be the biggest kind of uh, tease and you know that would, that would be pretty yeah. bad wouldn't it for that, as far as I'm concerned that's the worst case scenario yeah. that this is a one time deal and it all goes sour immediately I mean I have to say I would be stunned if Spider-Man is also not in Infinity War mm-hmm. that that would be very surprising to me yeah who do we think is the real winner here um, is it Sony or is it Marvel who, it who, is, is, Sony. who is benefiting most it is 100% Sony you know I mean right bef- before this was announced right if you said to me that this was going to be announced. I think I even said on a previous podcast that I think that Sony needed Marvel Studios more than Marvel Studios needed Spider-Man. Yeah. But the way that this re- this news has gone down and the reaction to it, I have not seen a reaction to a single piece of comic, an individual piece of comic movie news like this. I mean, this is even bigger than the announcement that Batman was going to be in the next Superman film and that he was going to be played by Ben Affleck. That... <laughs> is is the biggest most recent announcement i think this eclipse is that just in terms of the amount that people are talking about it and the excitement that it's generated and what that serves as a reminder of is that spider-man is the most bankable character in comics more than superman and even more than batman i think it it kind it, it kind of shows how badly sony have dropped the ball in that those movies haven't made as much as they should have done when really spider-man should be a license to print money but i think it really gives marvel a shot in the arm and i don't think they necessarily needed a shot in the arm but it's like you know they, they were already on a bit of an up and this just nudges them even further this just i mean everyone was already kind of looking forward to civil war because it's a captain america and an iron man movie yeah. but if spider-man's going to be in it as well this just blows everybody's minds can you imagine that poster already with Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. dragging the probably masked Spider-Man character in the middle. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to to even think back to you know less than a year ago where Batman versus Superman thought it was going to open on the same date as as mm. Civil War and see who would blink first, and now you've got the two current highest-grossing superheroes with Spider-Man thrown into the mix. Yeah, it's crazy. It is like even so though it is primarily to Sony's benefit because they have proven that they can't manage the franchise in a way that is like even profitable to them. Mm. Like they've lost revenue on every sort of Spider-Man film since the first. Like that, even accounting for inflation and 3D uh, premiums, they are losing money on you know essentially the simplest superhero character. If they had put out Amazing Spider-Man three or Sinister Six or whatever was to follow next, it would not have done any better than Amazing Spider-Man 2 and might have done worse. Now, just purely based on the fact that it has a link to the MCU, that film, when they put it out, even if it has exactly the same script that it was going to have before, will still do better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I would predict that it will make the most money of any Spider-Man film so far. Yeah. And let's 
let's talk about Sony's plans pre this announcement. So they had moved back Amazing Spider-Man 3 and the next Spider-Man movie was going to be Sinister Six, which mm. Drew Goddard had left showrunning Marvel's um, Daredevil TV show to go and direct. So he, mm. he, he was the writer-director on that one. Now, I, I've heard whispers that Drew Goddard is probably still involved with whatever plans Sony has for Spider-Man. And if we're, if we're seeing Spider-Man introduced in Civil War and then potentially a solo Spider-Man scripted by Drew Goddard or maybe even directed by him, then that's the most positive I'm going to be about a Sony Spider-Man movie for, forever. You know, if people are unfamiliar with Drew Goddard's career, he started writing for Buffy and Angel, wrote for Alias and Lost. Wrote the best, the, the single best episode of Lost. Uh, wrote Cloverfield and then wrote and directed Cabin in the Woods. Like that, as hit rates go, that's a pretty good uh, CV yeah. to have. And the fact that Drew Goddard has strong links with, obviously, Joss Whedon, you talked about Buffy and Angel there, and mm-hmm. that he was on board a Marvel TV show, Marvel were willing to give him the keys to Daredevil, suggests that the relationship between Drew Goddard and Marvel is strong. So if Kevin Feige is producing, alongside Amy Pascal and all the Sony bods, a solo Spidey movie, and Drew Goddard is the creative guy in the middle of that then you would have to imagine kevin feige's voice probably will be heard <laughs> i mean I, i'll be honest when when this news was first announced drew goddard was the person i was thinking oh man he left daredevil script sinister six but i mean sony obviously had some real faith in sinister six and that despite they're the not problems, the only ones who do <laughs> well yeah but i mean drew goddard wrote that script we like drew goddard um that that idea sounds crazy but how about they they get Drew Goddard to rework that script and have a Spider-Man movie which opens up with a Spider-Man we know because no one wants to see the origin story again. If if I see Peter Parker being bitten by a spider <laughs> in that next Spider-Man movie, I'm, I'm going to flip the fuck out. <laughs> we, we need an established Spider-Man who has been doing his business in New York probably <laughs> since the Battle of doing New York business. went down in the MCU. You say, you know, and Spider-Man is established, he has villains, and yeah, he fights a version of the Sinister Six. As audiences, we know half of those villains already. Even if it's new actors in the roles, which it should be, you you just roll out a Green Goblin and you roll out a Doctor Octopus, and we kind of know who they are. Even- Everything you've said there would be fine if it was still a Spider-Man movie in which yes. he fights the Sinister Six. But that's not what the Sinister Six movie is supposed to be. But now and it is a Spider-Man concern. movie. That's what we know, that we are getting a solo Spider-Man yeah. movie. Well, if and- we're getting if, if, if it's a movie where he is the central focus point, then yes. I'm fine with throwing in Doctor Octopus and the Green Goblin and everybody all in one go. Could be fun, could be an absolute mess, but, mm. you know... I was never convinced by Sinister Six because they, they never sort of explained how they expected it to work to have six supervillains and not the main superhero for them to fight. They never really convinced me that they had a plan to make it work. So some of the other rumours that we've heard, um, I mean, because Spider-Man is going to have to be cast fairly soon to have him present and correct in time for Civil War. We're hearing that, I mean, we, we said that Sony had mentioned the name Peter Parker on their press release. And we're also hearing that this will be a younger high school age Spider-Man. And I hope that means that an actor who is believably in high school, as opposed to Andrew Garfield at the start of Amazing Spider-Man. I was going to say, so someone who's about 28, 29 yeah. <laughs> maybe. But you would, you would hope probably either someone late teens, early 20s for a new Spider-Man. So, A, are you happy about this Spider-Man? 
Spider-Man being taken back to high school and being that age for at least a while. And then, would you be happy with Peter Parker? Would you prefer Miles Morales? I don't know anything about that character, so you'll have to explain Miles Morales to me. And then, after all that, if any any dream casting? Uh, specifically, high school Spider-Man. I think in a world where you've got uh, superheroes like Iron Man and Captain America, Spider-Man's role is to be the sort of rookie, up-and-coming superhero who fights mm. smaller-scale threats and stuff. If they're the elder statesmen, he should be the sort of younger, beginner kid version of the character, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I think if it, if it was just a standalone Spider-Man film without the other characters around, I would be a bit weary of going back again because it's all that the movies. I mean, okay, I know he'd got to college age by the end of both series, but um, if it was just a new recasting of Spider-Man to just be in his own films on his own, I would want him to be a bit older. But yeah, what James says is is a really good point for how he would fit in with Avengers. There was a, a very good article I read um, on Badass Digest from Devin Faraci, who was uh, listed five things that Marvel has to do with the new Spider-Man. Uh, one of the things he mentioned was Cast Young. But also he, he was talking about the kind of unique position that Spider-Man can occupy in the MCU, in that, yeah, he is, as a younger guy, he's kind of dealing with lower level concentrated stuff in New York than the big glow popping Avengers are but he's also kind of like a step above the TV characters he's not he's he's fighting a more important bigger scale battle than Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage yeah it's, it's sort of worth pointing out that in the Ultimate Universe uh, the official position was always that Nick Fury was preparing him for a spot on the Ultimates which is the ultimate version of the Avengers mm. they, they could they could do worse than to bring that set As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. So wholesale over it yeah, fits exactly, really yeah. well and the dynamic in the towards the later part of ultimate spider-man before ultimate peter parker got killed off spoilers sorry um you know th- there was the idea that he, he was finally starting his training and the different attitudes that captain america and an iron man had towards him there was some really fun stuff there and yeah. there was a really nice underlying thing with nick fury being almost a kind of father figure to him that, that worked is really that well. is also the setup in the recent cartoon series yes. as well which is and, really good, what I've seen of it, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then going back to the article, it, it, it was saying how he'd make a perfect character to kind of bridge the various parts of Marvel, that he can be in a Captain America movie. But it, was, it would also make sense for him to pop up on one of the Netflix shows, you know, or, or at least if Daredevil was to show up in the MCU briefly, alongside yeah, well, Spider-Man, this is, would make this sense. This is sort of what I mean about how you can't have a Marvel universe without Spider-Man, because he's the closest you get to the Everyman character. Hmm. Like, he's in awe of bigger heroes, and, you know, he's 
more troubled by the by the street level stuff so like he's you know he's kind of in the mix at every tier i I would go so far as to say that if the best possible thing that could result from spider-man being in the mcu would be spider-man and daredevil being on screen together (laughs) i'm on board with that after having read guardian devil that was cool see how see how i can bring my new uh new comics knowledge (laughs) (laughs) um okay well let's go to our blind spot i have I know that Miles Morales is the ultimate Spider-Man and mm. that um, he got the gig because ultimate Peter Parker died. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know anything else about him. Like, what actually differentiates him as a character from Peter Parker and and why, why should Marvel even consider making him the next Spider-Man instead of Peter Parker? So the thing with Miles, and actually, and this is part of, the re- part of the thing that makes Miles good, is actually the reason why bringing him in as a new rebooted Spider-Man wouldn't really work. So the thing with Miles is he gets bitten. He's a teenage kid. Uh, I think he's like around about 14 when his accident happens. Um, half black, half Hispanic kid in New York. His dad, his uncle, sorry, is a cat burglar called the Prowler. Um, <laughs> and he looks like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Um, who it breaks into Oscorp to steal the experimental formula that is the very experimental formula that Oscorp were developing that the spider that bit Ultimate Peter was injected with. Um, Oscorp have continued to experiment with it in the hopes of replicating what happened to Peter. Uh, This has also involved injecting it into other spiders. One of these spiders crawls into Mars Uncle's bag while he's breaking into Oscorp, and so when Mars Uncle comes to crash at their place because he's hiding out, the spider escapes and bites Miles, and he gets spider powers, but they're slightly different, like um, he can turn invisible for example, and he's got a sort of like a venom blast sting thing as well. Okay. Um, so initially he gets these powers and Peter is still alive at this point because this gets told in flashback Um, he gets these powers but he's kind of scared and doesn't really want to do anything with them until he is one of the kind of witnesses standing by when peter gets killed fighting the green goblin Mm. at which point he kind of has a crisis of conscience because he's like well i had these powers like him and i didn't do anything with them um so kind of partly spurred on by his best mate he kind of puts on a homemade spider-man costume and starts to go around and everyone thinks it's in terribly bad taste because everyone knows that spider-man's dead and that he was peter parker and stuff um eventually he gets kind of taken under shield's wing and nick fury gives him a new costume and web shooters and stuff and he becomes the new spider-man um so what one of the things that he differs from Peter that's quite nice is that obviously Peter is driven by this with great power comes great responsibility thing Miles kind of picks that up along the way he kind of starts out it's not that he's an unpleasant character or anything he just doesn't have the thing of I have these powers and I must go out and use yeah. them I like he that. has to sort of feel his way into it and yeah one of the things that's really made his story work is the resonance of the fact that he is in a world where Peter Parker is dead and everyone knew what a great hero Peter Parker was so what it would it be difficult to do a Miles Morales Spider-Man fresh? Would it be difficult to do Miles Morales in a world where Peter Parker hasn't existed? I think you could do it because he's enough of his own character. At worst, all you need is some different figure for him to look up to. Like, he could conceivably... You could transplant the personality and and origin story into a universe without Peter Parker. Like, obviously it works more if you, if you've got one. It's easier, you know, it's an easier sell, but it's not impossible to do it without him. From what you're saying, actually, I, I think it would make so much sense from both Marvel and Sony's point of view to do Peter Parker again, but with a with an eye to within five or six years replacing him with yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, in continuity. The, the fact that they're doing a new Spider-Man continuity means they can put Miles Morales into it. 
yeah. and you know set him up as the replacement like that's you know three movies there if you want that's that's what i want to happen peter though. parker getting his powers using them dying Miles not Morales getting his parker, powers like, let's you know. let's not do peter parker getting his powers whatever happens let's, <laughs> let's just have peter parker yeah. show up and maybe maybe at the start of the film we could be watching like an experiment at a science lab where a nerdy kid is next to some spiders um and but then at the last minute Spider-Man swings in and fights some muggers. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, do you guys have any any actors in mind particularly you'd like to see get this role? If if well, because if you were casting a twenty-something Peter Parker, Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin is doing such yeah, a good true. Peter Parker over in Flash <laughs> at the moment. Um, I don't really have any thoughts for a, a high school age one because I don't know much about high school age actors at the moment. <laughs> Two of the names that have been uh, very prominently tossed around are Dylan O'Brien, who was the lead in The Maze Runner last year, um, and then also Logan Lerman, who was Percy Jackson and is in Percy Being a Wallflower, and who I actually really like, despite Percy Jackson. And he actually auditioned for the role last time, and I, he and John Josh Hutchison from the Hunger Games came close. So they're, um, they're both names that are in the in the mix. And I think Logan Lerman actually, age-wise, he's kind of like an early 20s but looks younger. He might be quite a good shout. I've been really <laughs> pushing on Twitter, um, pushing, I've been uh, floating the name out a few times. If I, if I were Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal, I would be looking at Nick Robinson right now. I don't know if either of you guys have seen The Kings of Summer. The, the BBC... I was going to say, the BBC... No, you're not the first person to mention that, and I said, well, make him Vulture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so do, do either of you know Nick Robinson? No. Uh, no. Okay, so, well, he was in an indie film called Kings of Summer, and he's actually due to appear in Jurassic World this summer. And now just think about that, because Jurassic World already stars Star-Lord, it already <laughs> stars Kingpin, it already stars that little kid from Iron Man 3. Imagine if you threw Spider-Man into the mix. Jurassic World would effectively be in the MCU. And if it's one, th- if there's one thing the MCU is lacking, it's dinosaurs. All I want is for them to choose a good, sort of fairly unknown actor of early 20s at the oldest i honestly don't know enough about films to to pick a you know rising Mm. star but all i'll say is you know they've done two peter parkers who aren't much like the comic version so i would hope if marvel are involved they'll uh, remain truer to that version of the character than previous films have i do like the fact by the way that this is maybe the first time on this podcast where joe being the film guy joe has got to bring in knowledge that we don't know by name checking all these actors (laughs) that we've never heard of just wait until we get into episodes where i've actually read the source material in advance (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it could happen um i've actually you know i've i've read superior spider-man why don't we do what what if the spider-man that's introduced is actually doc ock in peter parker's body we haven't considered I that possibility absolutely have we? fine with that that's the only oh. spider-man comic i've read i read all of superior spider-man what do you think about that that's an odd thing to pick as your like. This is the one Spider-Man thing I'm going to read. <laughs> it was I. I was going on holiday last year, and there was a deal on the Marvel Unlimited app. It was like 99p. So I got the app, and everyone was raving about Superior Spider-Man. So I went, well, I'll read that then. So I read it. It's good. It's yeah, good. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so the next question is: If Spider-Man is going to be thrown into Captain America's Civil War. First of all, what is Spider-Man's role in Civil War in the comics? And then how would you imagine they will translate that from the comics to the movie? Okay, um, in Civil War, Spider-Man is the guy who signs up with Iron Man's pro-registration side, which is essentially superheroes should divulge their identity to the government um, and get training for their powers so they don't cause accidents. Hmm. Uh, But then Iron Man asks him to publicly 
reveal his identity in support of that, which he does. Uh, Iron Man turns out to be maybe abusing his authorities. Peter Parker switches sides and... You know, that's that's the crux of it. He's the guy in the middle of the two sort of philosophies. Like, he represents what goes wrong with pro-registration, basically. I mean, we don't know whether registration is that. We've had that conversation already on the podcast, whether registration will be the key. But you'd have to imagine Civil War is going to pit Iron Man and Captain America against each other uh, over some kind of issue like that, and that Spider-Man will be in the middle. Would you imagine, given that this is Spider-Man's introduction and that they've they're getting around to it so late in the game that he might fill a similar role, but on a much smaller scale. Is that fair I th- to say? I think the problem with having Spider-Man in Civil War is that his big moment is that he removes his mask uh, on TV. And he says, I've been Spider-Man since I was 15. So the point is he's been Spider-Man for years and years and years and no one's known who he is. And now he's revealing who he is. Yeah, hmm. but the thing is, like, in the comics, they reverse that a couple of years later through sort of magical means. But you can't do that in the movies. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think without that big beat, there doesn't make any. There's no reason for him to switch sides from supporting Iron Man to Captain America. So I think if anything, he will be. He will show up on Captain America's side. And if they are doing registration, he will simply be saying, "I can't take my mask off because it will endanger my family." Um, the the campaign for Donald Glover. I just mentioned that quickly. Uh, Donald Glover. There was a fan comp- campaign mm. last time, and there is again. You couldn't have. Could you have a black Peter Parker? You could, in theory. With it, yeah, but, and like, yeah. there's no reason he couldn't be black. But I would say if you're going to do that, just do Mars Morales because it's better to to use an established black character than it is to race swap a white one. In terms of the reaction that you would get from the unpleasant quarters of no, I mean I don't even care about that. I just sort of care about having uh, black characters who are you know who get realized as opposed yeah, to yeah actually, actually actually represent the characters that actually exist. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean because also even if you did miles morales there's there's nothing to say that he has to be a 14 15 year old kid and there's nothing to say that you have to have the element of he's following in peter parker's footsteps he does have a personality in the comics and it is a personality that is distinct from peter's um obviously it's not as developed because he hasn't been around as long and he is still a kid but if you said to me that donald glover was going to play spider-man and the character's name was going to be mars morales i would be completely on board with that i honestly think sadly that that Donald Glover's time was four years ago. It, it, yeah. it, it, I think I think he probably is. If they want a high school Spider Man now, he he. Oh, if you want high school age, he's too old, definitely. Yeah. But if you're casting a twenty something Spider Man, he'd be up there in terms of possible choices. I mm. reckon. I mean, the main the main difference between the two is their supporting cast. Really, like the the big thing with Miles Morales is that it would be difficult to use like Mary Jane and Aunt May, for example. I I think what we've settled on together as Cinematic Universe is that we, we want a Peter Parker movie, but where there is a Miles Morales in that universe, and that maybe after some point after Infinity War, Peter Parker dies and Miles Morales takes over. Yeah. I, I, I want a series of, say, five really amazing Spider-Man movies. Five?! <laughs> Yeah, right. Three three of which are about Peter Parker, at the oh, end okay. of which he maybe doesn't die, but maybe is believed to be dead. Nah, kill him. And then him. two of which are about Miles Morales, and in which Gwen Stacy doesn't get killed off. I'm those, not accept- those are my, that's my want list for Spider-Man, and Mysteria. I'm not accepting well, any more fake-out deaths in the MCU. <laughs> no, 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 right. What you do is you... You 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 do a fake-out death, but you have Peter Parker come back and team up with Miles Morales at the end. That's what you do. You do Spider-Man for the fifth film. The thing I would say, like, Joe, if you're upset by fake-out deaths, 
Yeah, you're going to find it very difficult to read comics. <laughs> but yeah, I think for the next twelve months, we're probably going to be talking about Spider-Man fairly regularly through the news. <laughs> no portion. change there, then. It's a good job everyone loves Spider-Man, and that's that's what I was saying before about this news. Like everyone loves Spider-Man, yeah. And this news has just energized everyone talking. Apart from the people who've gone, oh god, more comic book movies. Apart from those people, everyone who likes this kind of thing has just gone, oh, fantastic, we might get a good Spider-Man again. I mean, it's the most negativity negativity I've seen is from people who really like Andrew Garfield, but. Hey, and Andrew Garfield can still play him when he's in the costume. I've got no problem with that. They just need a different Peter Parker. <laughs> okay, so final thoughts, guys. Um, what what arc or what, what storyline do you think that Sony and Marvel are likely to adapt in the new Spidey movies? Um, I mean, the, probably the obvious um, big, well-regarded Spider-Man story that hasn't been touched by the films is Craven's Last Hunt. Um, I think Craven's maybe an underwhelming villain to bring in as your first big villain, but it's a good story, um, and I could see them. If they don't want to do Goblin or Doctor Octopus, then they'd probably go with that. But if they did Superior Spider-Man, I would have read it already. So you've got to, you've got to take that into consideration. Yeah, but, if, yeah, but they won't have introduced Doctor Octopus yet. It's fine. And there's it's no fine. point doing Superior without having Doc Octopus. <laughs> Just invite Alfred I mean, Molina back. <laughs> I would be I would, no. I, listen, I would be absolutely fine with them bringing back Molina or bringing back another really good actor to play Doc Ock. Doc Ock is the best Spider-Man villain. He's the best villain in comics, full stop. Apart from maybe like Luthor, but that's another story. Um, so yeah, Octopus would be great, but I could see them doing Craven if they want to actually do a story, um, which they don't tend to do with the Spider-Man films. That's me nicking James's point now. <laughs> yeah. What, what What were you thinking, James? Uh, I would. Uh, I agree with said that get. Get Craven. That Craven's last hunt is probably the most likely one. Um, I'm I'm just happy as long as it's not an origin story. You just mentioned he just a, a throwaway line at the start of the movie. Hey, I've been doing this since I got bit by a radioactive spider, and now I have these powers. And we all know what the powers are. <laughs> Frankly, you could have him turn to the camera and say, "Look, I'm Spider Man. You all know the deal." Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know. he could do. Um, he could do what um, Lazenby does at the start of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. This never <laughs> happened to the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would like him to sort of go into a long-winded explanation and then get cut off. With like Tony Stark <laughs> saying, "Oh, we don't want, it. we don't need to hear it," or something. Um, okay, well, I think that brings our um, Spider-Man special to a close. Uh, I won't go through all the usual end of podcast spiel because you you've probably heard that on the minisode, and you'll hear it again on our Iron Man episode, which is coming into your podcast app of choice next Wednesday. So we'll be back with our Iron Man episode in less than a week. Excellent. Right. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. So long, web slingers. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 